0: Bonjour, bonjour. Uh, welcome to another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. Um, it's, it's a bit weird to sit here uh, on my own without having a guest on the other side, but I guess that's the name of the game. Um, yeah, I wanted to give you an update. Uh, I wanted to give you an update about uh, Everyone Hates Marketers uh, and myself. Um and I think the last time I posted an update on the podcast was when COVID hit a few months ago, and, and when I tried to give some resources uh, uh, to you to help you navigate uh, the unknown. Um, and then before that, I think it was in at the end of 2017 when I shared a few numbers and all that, but after that, I didn't do anything. So anyway, long story short... Um, I've left my full-time job. Um, if you didn't know, I uh, I was working for a company called Hodja which uh, which is a uh, a behavior analytics um, tool. Um, and yeah, I used to I used to have I used to uh, manage. Uh, Everyone hates marketers. The podcast on the side. I used to spend like four hours a week um, on the side, on top of my full-time job. And decided it was time for me to move on and to double down on on Everyone Hates Marketers which which is almost four years old at this stage which is really fucking insane to think about. Um, um, I've never spent a penny on advertising, uh, on ads. I did a lot of marketing obviously uh, but I didn't have a lot of time to promote the podcast and yet, thanks to you uh, we've reached nearly uh, 1 million downloads we're not quite there yet, uh, but I think it's around 800,000 at this stage. I'm not counting every day, uh, trust me. But uh, on YouTube, if you combine the YouTube uh, views, um, the audio episode gets posted automatically there. Um, the very popular videos of my two interviews with Seth Godin, as well as uh, so the Spotify downloads and then the normal downloads that you would get from um, any podcast app. Yeah, we, we, are, we are nearly there. We're nearly at one million, which is insane. So yeah, I'm, I've decided to go on my own again. Um, I don't know if you know that, but uh, yeah, a few years ago, uh, before joining Hotjar, I had my own company called Slices Consulting. Um, and it used to be a conversion rate optimization agency. And uh, at its peak, we, had, we were four people, uh, two people in the US, one in Spain, and myself in Dublin, Ireland. And we were working with with big clients, um, Dropbox, Forest, uh, Ninja Outreach, which are all kind of software business. Towards the end, but I felt miserably uh, running it properly. We were really struggling to make any money. I had no credibility. Um, it was very difficult to get a new, new clients. And anyway, towards the end of it, um, I met uh, I met the CEO of of Hotjar through the podcast. And, um, and that's how I started working there. Um, so before that, um, yeah, the, the, business that I, that I started, I had a full-time marketing job before that. So, and, but I had no existing audience, right? I didn't have a podcast. I had no credibility. I didn't really have a deep expertise in the topic of commercial rate optimization, to be honest. I didn't have a strong support system. Uh, obviously I was with my fiance, uh, at the time, um, but, like you know, it's, it's tough to relate to people doing this for the first time when you're not an entrepreneur yourself. So I didn't have a coach. I wasn't talking to therapists or anything like that. I was kind of on my own and I felt very, very isolated. And that took a, you know, took a hit on my kind of mental health. Um, and then towards the end of it, what happened was I worked. So we were, I was working hard doing business development in Dublin, attending the, you know, the Dublin Chamber of Commerce. Uh, networking this way, I got a few clients this way. I also was paying to speak at conferences and events, believe it or not, uh, but that's for another day. Um, so I got a few clients this way. And then the other thing I did towards the end was uh, I organized two events um, around bootstrapping, which is, you know, the way to, to build a business without external funds, funds, and I interviewed two founders there. And and they were like maybe 20, 30 people uh, in each event. A bit more, maybe. And we, I really enjoy my time there. So we, I was interviewing people live, should I say, in front of the audience, and it was really interesting. And I got some good feedback uh, people telling me, hey, uh, I enjoy the way you interview people and whatnot. So that turned into Skype interviews as I remember starting to interview more founders. And then I realized that actually, marketers are even more interesting and so i started to interview them realized that it wasn't that difficult actually to talk to to experts um and i had 10 interviews in the bag uh without a name or anything like that so that's when i uh, reached out to a few people uh, a few slack communities uh, forums and asking for ideas and and the um and the name was suggested to me and uh and i picked it and I launched that as a side project and honestly, it was a breath of fresh air compared to the actual business that I was running and I re- re- realized the difference I, that I was experiencing in terms of energy levels uh, then, you know, between between uh, interviewing people and then running the business on the side. So yeah, one of those people was David Darmanin, CEO of Hotjar. Um, and we t- had a chat then, really, really nice uh, conversation. We kept in touch and he told me that there was an open role I could apply to. Uh, which I did, um, after talking to my team and saying, listen, um, I can't go on anymore and to backtrack a bit slices consulting, the commercial rate optimization I was running, I always, you know, made a point to be very transparent with them. So they had access to, to finances. They had access to my brain as well. I was being very open about my struggles mentally. And so when I told them, Hey, it's, it's time to, it's time for me to stop. Um they uh, they understood and they knew. So I helped them find a job and I helped, like I, I supported them uh, this way. And um and then I joined Hoja for nearly four years. So yes, I kind of my experience at Hoja was was fantastic. I think I, I had you know I've learned so 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 much uh, about how to run an actual business. Um I mean, yeah, it, uh, it, the company was growing really fast when I joined. I think uh, they were already at, I think it was around 7 or 8 million annual revenue uh, dollars. And yeah, when I joined, I mean, things were moving so, so fast. Hiring new people, uh, growing the marketing budget, adding more features, improving the product. I mean, it, it, felt, it felt so different than, than the agency I was running and I, I, I've learned so much from it. Uh, the company culture there is absolutely amazing i would recommend you if you're looking for a job uh remote job to to check out carriers.hodjar.com um check them out check what they do i you know i would uh, i would really highly recommend you to uh to um to check them out um so yeah like i've learned so much around how to build a good company culture and how they you know, always hire the right people, making sure that, you know, that the process is, is, is thorough. Uh, how to give radically candid feedback. You know, there was this culture of really giving good feedback, challenging each other. Um, putting your users at the center of everything we were doing, um, w- which is something I spend a lot of time in internally, you know, to, to, to set up a lot of interviews, s- send a lot of surveys. Uh, to the point where the marketing team inside Hoja was known to be the team um, and is still known to be the team that, you know, understands users really, really well because we did a lot of work there, you know, interviewing users, surveying them, um, doing a lot of work on, on messaging and positioning. I'll cover that in the next few minutes. And yeah, it was also a remote company and I've learned a lot about the way things are being run remotely. Um, I have, you know, I think I've learned about from the start when I joined, there was already a VP of operations in place. So someone really, you know, in charge of making sure that the company runs smoothly. And that was an eye opener as well. Like knowing to have someone else, you know, taking care of all of this was was amazing. Um, And, you know, when I joined, I joined to kind of, create and the the content marketing uh operations uh alongside my colleague uh, fio and uh yeah we've learned a lot there in terms of how to build content how to position it differently how to scale from almost zero uh visitor to uh nearly two hundred thousand a month um and i also worked a lot on the positioning of hotjar because at the time we when i joined nearly four years ago we were already discussing okay um, we are being seen as a kind of early stage startup. We want to attract more mature companies while still getting a lot of more free users. And we want to simplify stuff. We want to make sure that the message kind of, you know, is in line with what people want because things are changing. And so there was a lot of discussion then uh, there. And, and that's that's I push hard to, to for me to work on it. So, yeah, I've, I've learned a ton um, about my experience there at Hodger and I'm super, I mean, I'm, I'm more than thankf- thankful about the experience. Um, but, you know, in the back of my mind, I, I kept up running the podcast on the side uh, and I, I remember talking about it from the, at the very start saying, hey, you know, I, I'm more than happy to join. But I also want to make sure I'm, I have the ability to run this on the side, which was no problem whatsoever. And um, I've learned a lot about myself uh, throughout this process, you know, um, I've learned, even though I was kind of implicit and intuitive about, about my personality, I actually love to create stuff that radically stands out. I mean, it gives me such a, a kick to, you know, to build something from scratch, whether it's like content piece, another product, a campaign, um, make sure that it's radically different using a method to do that. And, um, getting the result, I, I think it's just yeah, it's just a phenomenal kick. And I understood that I was I actually was very good at this. So you know when you think back about the actual mission of the podcast of Everyone has Marketers, which is to fight marketing bullshit. When you you know when you think about the game, you know, the the the, the, the place people are at the minute, marketers, they're under massive pressure. Uh, And that's something I said from the very start. So marketers are under extreme pressure to reach their targets, even more so at the minute with everything that's going on. Um, I think the internet is putting a huge kind of distance between us marketers and, and the market we are seeking to serve. And as a result, a lot of us are kind of resorting to to growth hacks and, and tactics and we don't have time and so we are rushing and, and we have to reach our targets at the end of the quarter. And it's, 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 it's just incredibly difficult to get any result this way, um, especially when as marketers, we do not have the influence that we should have on the product, which in my opinion is a big mistake. Um, you know, Marketers should have a say, not only in terms of the message we are talking and telling and the campaigns we are running, but also very much so the product or service that we are selling. If not, then we are just faced by the very difficult um, position, uh, which is to try to polish a turd. Sometimes, you know, we are there uh, with a product that is not that good, and we have to embellish it uh, with our marketing to make it look a bit better. And that's, in my opinion, also is the reason why, it, like it, that, that creates marketing bullshit, right? So. The fact that yeah we're under massive time and resource pressure and the fact that we don't have necessarily an influence on the product or service we're selling and so we are at the end of the cycle of the process the fact that the internet is putting a massive distance especially even more today nowadays that creates the perfect the perfect storm and i've been playing a lot about this idea of you know what's the solution then and We've talked a a lot about it on the podcast, interviewing. I've had the luxury to talk to so many experts, so many people. And through my experience at Hotjar and through the podcast and through other stuff I've been doing, I've realized that actually the solution to that boils down to kind of two things. Uh, Number one is to have an audience. Understand, like, you know, to have a, a set of people that you really, really understand very well, their problems, their pains. You understand... You love them in a sense, you enjoy, you know, working with them or or serving them. And they have a common kind of, you know, job, uh, job to be done, pain, problem, something that you can solve. So you obsess over them and then having a radically different product or service that you offer them. So it stands out against the rest, against competitors in the category. And those two things, I think, solve the pressure. Um, that I mentioned above. Uh, the fact that you obsess over those people means that there's no distance anymore between you and them. The fact that you have a radically different product that is both compelling and different compared to the rest, something that is not just slightly better or cheaper, something that is truly radically different where you take some risk, that solves the problem of you know the obscurity where no one gives a shit and you have to kind of create you know growth hacks and trying to find you know people to care about what you do uh, even though the product is the same than the rest so th- so that's the that's the other thing right uh, and it also solved the problem of of um, the fact that you you can't touch the product because as a as a marketer i think we need to demand the fact that we are uh, we want and we need to have access to the product and so the radical differentiation which is a, a term coined by Martin Neumeyer uh, in the, in the in the in his book uh, called zag is to me you know when i really kind of researched about it and, and thought about it for a long time that's the solution that's why i think the best most popular episode on the podcast all touch that on uh, that topic um, I have very fond memories of the podcast with Paul meller for example, on "Take Fucking Risk," uh, which is all about confidence and taking risk, creating something radically different. Uh, obviously, the two episodes with Seth Godin when we talk about that in in at length. Obviously, Seth Godin being the author of of uh, of Purple Cow, talking about that topic in 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 in. Um, At length, years and years ago, I mean, in this book, it talks about the fact that marketers should have a say and to create remarkable products, you have to be able to be involved in the process. So, yeah, I've, you know, I've thought hard about it and and I thought, listen, this is actually what I'm very good at. This is actually what I enjoy the most. This is actually what I can help you uh, help uh, the most. And so... Yeah, when you think about it, I've done a lot of stuff in the in this in that space. I the, this very podcast you're listening to right now has been done in a radically different manner, uh, removing any ads, removing uh, boring guest intros, um, talking about one thing in specifically uh, to teach people how to do stuff, you know, without the bullshit. Instead of this kind of uh, boring ads, boring intro. Uh, with questions that are just boring as well, uh, where the host doesn't really listen to the interviewee, all of that, that has been removed. Um, and it grew from nothing uh, to nearly 1 million thanks to that. As I said, I didn't do any ads. So it goes back to what I described. I didn't need to use growth hacks. I didn't need to use like short-term tactics. Um, it grew thanks to the fact that it was radically different in essence and thanks to the fact that I obsessed over you to understand what you would like to hear. Um, I also have good memories as a kid where, you know, I, I never really got along with my mom that much and to get her attention, I was very much, you know, trying to find uh, ways to, uh, to be noticed by her. And I don't know, for some reason it turned in, in into kind of a defense mechanism for me, always seeking attention from others. And uh, to the point where I, I, I got called a um, an intellectual terrorist by one of my teacher. So, this kind of this kind of you know thinking of how to find something that is radically different how to kind of poke holes into other people's thinking and challenge the status quo that's always kind of been embedded in me and again now that i say it it's obvious but this is kind of the things where you know you you don't know until until it surfaces um and for hodjar i've been very lucky to have been involved in the repositioning of of hodjar um from like nearly 2 years ago where we started to work on it uh, all the way to now so when i joined Hotjar, it we we were positioning it as the all in one analytics and feedback uh, tool. um tool and and through research so we've run a lot of interviews i think i've talked to nearly 100 uh, you know customers we've sent a lot of surveys uh, we've done further analysis uh, with the business intelligence team that my colleague andrew michael uh, built um We've we've obsessed over them for so long that we were able to actually deep dive into the actual uh, re- rediscover and reposition our jar to make sure it was very very, very um, relevant to people because our messaging was still uh, the new uh, all uh, the new tool to help you you know understand users or something like that right so the company was already three or four years old at this stage and and it was starting to get old um, so we couldn't say that anymore so we had to do a lot of work and through that yeah we we managed to repositioning it to be the behavior analytics not just all in one analytics and feedback and to truly understand the uniqueness of hoja which is the fact that we go beyond um traditional analytics to understand what people really do on your website and that sentence is something we worked very hard on and and if you if you kind of distill it down we lead against the status quo which is the traditional website analytics tools we don't name uh, we didn't name Google Analytics uh, specifically. We named the game that we want to change, like the status code that we want to move. Uh, we discovered through interviews and surveys that, you know, almost every single one of the people we talked to were using uh, traditional web analytics tools like uh, Google Analytics to understand their user, and they were struggling to do so, and which is why they were using Hotjar on top of it. And that single insight enabled us to create this positioning, which is, you know, uh, we lean against uh, traditional web analytics saying, hey, you you should use them still, but we give you the data and the insight that you wish you had with them uh, that they, they simply can't give you. And so that's why we turn that uh, on its head. And so, yeah, uh, we go beyond traditional web analytics tools uh, to help you um, so you can really understand what people really do on your website. And again, I didn't use very, very complicated words here when I say what people really do on your website, because that's been a common theme throughout the entire conversations uh, that we had, surveys, interviews and whatnot. We didn't have to think very hard in terms of why do people pick us, uh, what do they love, uh, and, and yeah, what's the job they are hiring our job to do. In that case, it was to see what people were really doing on their website. And this is why we renamed the tool to be a behavior analytics tool. We kept the word analytics because it's still part of the wider category that uh, encapsulates traditional web analytics as well as us. But we we, we added behavior uh, as a single word to simplify it because that's what people want to know. They want to understand what how people behave on the site. With traditional web analytics, you understand, you know, the pages that are being visited, where people are coming from, but you don't know what they are actually doing on the pages, right? So that's also been a radically different kind of, uh, radical differentiation work. Uh, we're lucky to have Hodger, uh, Hodger being a, a extremely easy tool, uh, which gives you know, which gives you t- maybe twenty percent of the features, but eighty percent of the benefits compared to uh, alternatives out there. And so um, we were able to surf on that and, and use that uh, throughout. So that's been with great great success, uh, where. Uh, the company grew uh, from, you know, I think 7-8 million when I was there to 25 million now. And I'm not saying this is just thanks to the positioning work. Obviously, there's way, way more than that. Uh, far from it. And I'm not responsible for that growth. Uh, I want to make it clear. But, you know, it's all small things that add up to something big. And we've done a lot of tests on the website uh, in terms of you know, messaging and, and whatnot with this new positioning and, and, and all of those changes led to some good increase in conversion rate. So it's been really nice. And the, on, the, on the other side as well, as I told you, uh, because I got hired, I was hired originally to be uh, as the uh, content strategist. Um, then I moved down uh, to senior marketing strategist towards the end. And uh, we also used kind of a, the radical differentiation framework there for um, the pieces that we were developing with my colleague Fio. So an example of that was the uh, user persona uh, blog post. We created the user persona blog post. User persona as a keyword was extremely difficult to rank for and yet uh, and, and most, you know, most folks, most articles out there covering the topic say the same thing. You know, you just kind of make them up and you use their age and their their role and, and whatnot. And, and you just, you know, go into a room with your colleagues and just make them up. And then at the end, there is this beautiful template and this is your user persona. And we challenged that status quo. I've interviewed a client of ours that was using Hotjar to... To actually create user personas themselves, so they were using uh, the survey feature on the website where they were asking simple questions—three really simple, uh, simple questions—to actually create real personas from real data, real people. And um, we published that piece. We went all in. We you know we we could have gone, you know, we could have diluted it a bit and, and just mentioned whatever uh, everyone else was saying, but we didn't. And that piece alone, I think, is uh, ranks in the first, maybe the top three in Google. And we've replicated that so many times. Uh, we did a sample like usability testing, where we position it not as a, you know, just yet another uh, yet another guide on, on uh, usability testing that just talks about random boring stuff, but more in terms of what it is and what it's not, because we realized that there was a lot of confusion around it, so we went all in there. Um, Recently as well, we've done a... um, To talk about radical differentiation a a bit. Uh, Before I left, we launched an event, um, a virtual event. And as you know, virtual events were absolutely everywhere and are still everywhere. And so, worked hard on the... You know, how can we do things differently here? Like, if we do something, if we do an event and try that as as a channel, let's do something radically different. So, I scratched my head for a long time and I remember... I just expose myself to the problem first and say okay let's let's just think of the problem we want something to do that is radically different uh, i remember looking on, on linkedin to see comments around virtual events i just did the search function just to see you know what is the what are people's feelings toward it i also looked at you know myself in terms of what do we hate about virtual events you know they are long they're boring they're salesy uh they don't learn much um, it lasts for a day, you know, of stuff. And you'd be lucky if you learn anything new, all of that. So I remember waking up the next morning after just reading all of the stuff and it just came, came to me. Um, we, uh, at meetups uh, where, where the, the uh, people at Hoja were meeting up every six months, um, we, uh, the operations team, uh, run a uh, lightning learnings sessions where everyone would speak for 5 minutes only on the topic of their choice internally right to to the to the hodja team and so that's when it hit me and that's when we we decided to do uh, a 5 minute uh, lightning learning uh, virtual event and really doubling down on the number 5 and doing something like 5 days 5 talks per day 5 minutes each and we run that it was called the lightning talks by hodja we run that and um, it, it got a lot of traction. We, we got, I think, nearly 17,000 attendees, which was fucking phenomenal. Uh, we promoted it internally to, to our users a lot, so that explains the number. But still, I think if the proposition was would have been like yet another virtual event, I don't think we would have gotten that much. Um, so I love that as well. Love working on that. And again, it's, it's applying the same thing, you know, the radical differentiation uh, thinking. And then finally, actually, in, in Slices Consulting before that, I mean, my own agency, I, I kind of looked back and, and realized that the projects I really enjoy working the most on were uh, companies uh, working with, the, with Dropbox or, or Forest, which is a uh, salon software, uh, on their actually value proposition, on their positioning, trying to challenge them on that. And I remember that was kind of the thing that I enjoy working the most on. So, you know, Connecting all of those dots and uh, getting feedback uh, at Hoja and, and other places about, you know, the fact that they, they enjoyed the, the way I position stuff and, and, and think differently and, and, and go all the way. I, uh, I think it, it made sense, right? So to summarize, the, the thinking is, yeah, let's fight marketing bullshit together. Uh, there's too much pressure on us, uh, the targets that we have to reach, the fact that there is so much distance between us and our market and the fact that we can't influence the product. or that we are not in a position to do so. And I think the solution to that is radical differentiation. You know, uh, Pep Leia from CXL talks about it a lot recently and is talking about fighting sameness, you know. And I think it's the same fight. It's about fighting the the fact that, shit, like we need to take some risk uh, or else we're going to face obscurity. We're never going to be noticed. We're going to have to use growth hacks and shady marketing tactics to be noticed. And it's just going to be, you know, the race to the bottom for attention, as Seth Godin mentioned. So, it's time to do something fucking different, and I want to help you do that. I think that's as simple as. So, I don't have like a, a massive five-year plan in front of me, um. That I that I could distill down to you, but here's a few things, a few pointers. So, first of all, I've um. I've sold. Um, 15 seats to a an, uh, an early stage uh, early access program called stand the fuck out which is um to help uh, folks to make their product or service radically different uh, so i got super lucky to have 15 people um who who uh, who joined uh this, this the price was 500, $500 per seat 15 people and I did that uh through just my email list just send one email uh to 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 you and 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 I asked if you wanted if you were interested and then I sent a few emails to the people who said they were. Um a few more people applied and I selected 15. So that's running October and November. The aim there is to learn as much as possible uh about the methods uh, I'm teaching the method I've used uh, throughout the years on radical differentiation and making sure that you know we have the confidence to take some fucking risk the confidence to to create or modify the product or service to radically stand out the confidence to to create a customer experience that is radically different from the rest and so yeah this program is eight week long uh one lesson per week one live group calls per week and then the aim is to have to launch uh, the second cohort in february march 2021 next year um and based on you know based on the the feedback I'm going to receive from those first uh, guinea pigs or, or students um, whatever you wanna call them. Uh, the other plan is to be super open with you like I'm doing right now. So I'm on, I'm gonna post uh, on the podcast way more updates and that's the first one. So expect more on that. Uh, I also ran a live streaming uh, session uh, this week around uh, the strategy going forward for for everyone has marketers. If you go on YouTube and search for everyone has marketers. Um, and I think the next bigger thing for me is going to be to talk about radical differentiation way more, so I can help you out. Uh, there's a lot of episodes where we talk about the topic. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there, a lot of questions. Uh, how do we actually create something that is radically different? How do we uh, convince our boss to go for it? How do we do it when we don't have that much money? Um, how do we how to do it when you know I'm launching just a side project or when I have a massive product and a lot of customers? Uh, there's a lot of questions there, and I, and I seek to kind of answer them for free, and share as much as I can on the topic, um, and um, and uh, yeah, so expect to hear way more uh, about that soon. It's very likely that I will post some. Um, um, episode on the podcast specifically on this where I kind of analyze companies who, who do radically stand out or and, and kind of analyze the way they've done it, uh, suggest some different approaches, um, share some more examples uh, on, on on my experience doing it and all of that. So, yeah, that's the first update. Uh, I guess the, the next step for you, because if you're listening to this uh, at the gym or, or driving your car and whatnot, uh, I think the, the 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 best thing I can ask you to do is is really to um, to keep support me to keep supporting me listening to the podcast um, joining the the email list on the on the site everyonehatesmarketers.com so you know what's up and if um, if stand the fuck out uh, the next cohort is of interest so if you want to know more about it please email me um, or tweet at me or send me a LinkedIn message uh, my email is louis l o u i s at everyone hates marketers.com and um, yeah like don't be don't be a stranger reach out um, love to hear from you and that's it for today's um, first update uh, it's been quite nice to do that so yeah looking forward to hearing what you think and and don't be a stranger like you know if you have any thought whatsoever just drop me an email and i'd love to hear
1: from you bye bye <laughs>